Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I am Aubrey Edwards here with my close personal friend and beautiful co-host, Tony Schiavone. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Aubrey, what's up, girl? I'm doing okay. The sun's coming out in Seattle. It's uh, starting to get starting to get warm. It's a nice 60 degrees. Very different than Florida. <laughs> Are you excited about uh, getting back on the road on a full-time basis? Oh, man, you have no idea. I'm just, like, looking forward to consistency, like... Traveling Tuesday, taping Wednesday, traveling Thursday, and having the same days off every time. I think that's honestly my most, like, the thing I'm looking forward to most. So Yeah, me too. I just can't wait. It'll be great. So great. Speaking of great, we have a wonderful person here today with us. We've got Allie Bunny. Bunny Allie Cherry Bomb. She goes by many different names, and I'm sure we'll go over that a bit. How are you doing, Allie? I'm caffeinated. How are you guys? <laughs> Good. I'm on my, I want to say second cup, but I'd be lying. I'm on my third cup of coffee this morning. I'm on number three as well. So uh, no shame in that. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Tony's got a ketchup cup on the coffee train. I, actually, I, I've got, I've had two monsters this morning. Whoa. So you're feeling good then. Exactly. So, and then there, there may be a cup of coffee, but anyway, Allie, you know what I think of you. You love me. I love you. You know that. <laughs> you're one of you're one of my favorite people. And and when you look at the camera and you tilt your head to one side and then you snap at the camera, it scares me. I'm glad. It's supposed to. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I'm glad. It is great it is great having you. And there's a there's a great rundown of your accolades and things that you've done. And Aubrey, why don't you, if you don't mind, read those because there's a lot of them. 2009 Female Wrestler of the Year at the Ontario Indie Wrestling Awards. Uh, One-time Great Canadian Wrestling Wild Champion. Shimmer Tag Team Champion with Kimberly. Shine Tag Team Champion with Kimberly. Two-time TNA Impact Wrestling Knockouts Champion. One-time Women's Superstars Uncensored Champion. And 11-time Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 50 Women between 2009 and 2019. Yeah. Wow. Do we miss anything? Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. It makes me uncomfortable hearing all of it, to be honest. <laughs> Why does it make you uncomfortable? I don't know. It's just weird hearing all that. But yeah, it takes me down memory road a little bit, though. Well, there's, there's a lot of uh, wrestlers, both male and female, that would love to have that list. And it means that you've, been, you've had a great impact on the business. And, uh, and you were one of the first women signed uh, to AEW back in 2019. Talk about your decision to go ahead and sign with AEW. 
Yeah. So that was, um, it was really unexpected for me, to be honest with you. I guess I'll just be honest. I was in like a really kind of like a tough headspace at the time. Okay. Um, I was just going through a lot of like mental struggles and things like that. And when I got the call, I, to be honest with you, I was like just in complete shock. Like I didn't even believe it at first. Like I was just like, are you sure? But I obviously I was so thrilled and excited and I just felt very blessed to be even offered a chance to work for the company. So, so yeah, you had come in, I think you did commentary at the very first double or nothing. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> you were, you were so incredibly nervous. I remember that. I was so scared. I don't think I'd ever done. I might've done commentary once on an indie and I'm sitting there and I was just like, Oh God, I don't know how to talk. Like I just completely forgot how to speak. <laughs> I just kept saying, wow. <laughs> and then, Double or Nothing, and you had your first match at Fighter Fest yes. with Leva Bates. Can you talk about how that sort of went? Yeah, so that was also unexpected. Um, I was actually in line at Target buying Oreos. <laughs> Shocking. I know. And I got the call, and I was like, can you be available to wrestle on Fighter Fest? And I think it was a couple of days, like maybe like two days. And I remember I was holding the Oreos in my hands, and I was like, uh yeah okay i think i'll just put these down um (laughs) and um and yeah i was given the opportunity and it was i remember just feeling so happy and excited to walk out you know during my entrance and see all the fans it was one of the coolest experiences ever and i really felt at that moment like i was now officially like part of AEW because leading up to that it's like that thing where like you know that you work there but you haven't really had a full taste of it yet and then once I actually walked out and I and I felt the crowd and, and it was just what a high I rode a wave after that I was so happy do you remember the first time you uh, remember hearing about AEW or how it all started with before the call I actually did um the con that was attached to all in So I was like well aware of everything that was going on. I just at the time was working for Impact Wrestling. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do after that. But I remember just being very excited that there was like another, there was another company. There was another wrestling company with really good people. And I've known Kenny and the Bucks for a very long time. So I was very excited for them. I just remember feeling like just good about uh, there being another another option for people because there have there hasn't been in a long time. So you came in as Allie and you've got all these different personas and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more, a little deeper than that. But you come in as Allie. I remember you were doing an interview with Mr. Tony Schiavone here, got your hair chopped off, disappeared and came back through the bottom of a ring as a bunny. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. (laughs) Sure did. Yeah. This was also around the same time that we brought in the Butcher and the Blade. And for those that don't know, you are actually married to the Blade. In real life. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> one, how does it feel to actually get a chance to work with your husband? And two, what was sort of the reasoning for switching back to the bunny type character from your alley character? Well, I guess first and foremost, working with my husband um, and not only working with him, but but being in the moment where he got to debut at AEW was probably one of the highlights of my entire career. Um, it was very emotional for myself, for Andy Butch and for um, Jesse, obviously the blade. I felt very, very lucky because I know how hard he's worked to get to this point. I mean, he's been in the business for 20 years, just to be able to crawl out of a ring and stand side by side with him was, man, that was so cool. I feel like I'm getting emotional just talking about it. Cause I was so proud. I was so proud of him. I was like, 
yes, like you deserve this. You know, I was happy for me, obviously, but it was more like, nah, like this is, this is your moment. And I just want you to soak it up, you know? So that was really cool. And I love working with him and I love working with Andy. And I feel very lucky because I've got my husband and one of my best friends with me, you know, so it's pretty cool. But in terms of reinventing sort of my character and, you know, I felt like having my hair cut off was a bit of a breaking point for the character of Ali and, and also like for myself. Uh, like I said, like coming into AW, I was, I was going through a really hard time and I felt really directionless, like in my life in general. And it felt like when I was able to reinvent myself as the bunny, I got to take all that energy and all of those things that were kind of, I was going through and inject them into the character, which I think helped make her more authentic because it was coming from a real place. You know, I needed change. I desperately needed change. And I feel like the bunny not only is she, I mean, you know, I guess she's a little crazy sometimes, little, but she's crazy for a reason. She's crazy for a reason. And I felt like creatively it helped me express some of those feelings I had. So, and I felt like it was time. Like I had been like this super bubbly, happy persona. And it was like, it was time to switch it over. It was time to, you know, show a different side of myself as a bunny. Well, this side of yourself is, is working. I can tell you that. And I, let me go back to you when you said you when you think about it, it was a very emotional time when you and, and Blade came up through the ring. And, and you know what? I get it. And uh, th- that's kind of what makes our company special. And guys like your like your husband, who is one of the great guys behind the scenes, really is. And and Andy and you, everybody who's, you know, worked on, quote unquote, on the independents and, you know, has struggled. It's good to see them in a major promotion. And it's good to see that you guys are, have been a part of it. And now you're a part of the Hardy family office and you're involved in things. You got to be excited about the direction you're taking right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm very, I mean, I'm working with Matt Hardy. Like, right. What? Like, it's just, how weird is that? Right. It is from, you know, and I, you know, obviously like I'm a wrestling fan at heart. So, you know, there's parts of me that are just like, like never in a million years did I think that I'd be working alongside Matt Hardy, you know? Um, and, and also to have like creative control over my character has been so cool. And, you know, to be able to try different things in the ring and to sort of like refine myself within AW has been such a great journey. And I think like, that's one of the reasons why the company is so great is that they, you know, I feel like they trust us to make decisions about our characters and about, you know, kind of where we're going. And, you know, the fact, like I said, the fact that I get to work with my husband, God, it's just very cool, man. Like, it's just like, sometimes I wake up, I, I write a, a gratuity journal every day. I write what I'm grateful for. And I always, it's always on my list is that I get to work at AEW and I get to work with, with Jesse and, and Andy. So we mentioned a little bit, you're working with Matt Hardy. There's Butcher and the Blade coming to the ring. But one of the major storylines you were involved with kind of in between those two moments was the Nightmare Sisters. And you and Brandy were tag teaming. And I loved watching you two in the ring and the chemistry you had together. The adorable shirt you guys had with like the little yeah. characters. You got to be a part of the women's tag tournament. Unfortunately lost in the finals. Sorry, it's a very touchy moment. But what was it like being a primarily a singles wrestler and having such a huge impact on tag team wrestling from the women's division perspective? 
Well, you know, I, I had worked in a tag team on the Indies um, with Kimberly. We were the Kimber Bombs and we worked uh, <laughs> we worked for a bunch of different companies, um, but primarily Shimmer and Shine. Um, so I knew that I had already loved tag team wrestling. Like, uh, I feel like the dynamic of working with a partner is so much fun because especially when they're two completely opposite characters. And I really felt that way with Brandy. Like we're totally different personalities. And when you put them together, I feel like it just gives something different, something interesting, um, brings something interesting to the table. I felt really like when they, when, you know, we were told about the tournament, I was so excited because one, I was able to wrestle again, which is, you know, I love wrestling so much. So I was really excited to be given that opportunity. Um, and then to, you know, obviously to take and it was very cool. I got to um, work with different people that I hadn't worked with yet, which is awesome. And again, like I, I feel like I've said this a couple times, but it helps me explore my character even more, which is like my favorite part of wrestling is understanding a character and, and, and getting to show like different sides of that character. So that in and of itself is very cool for me because I got to kind of experiment with somebody else. So that was very cool. We are talking with Allie, also known as the bunny. And how did you uh, come up with the bunny persona? So the bunny is kind of um, a combination of a lot of different things. I love horror movies. It's my favorite genre. Okay. And I like to draw things out of, you know, characters that I've seen and kind of take little pieces of that. So one of my inspirations for the bunny is um, a character from <laughs> A House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. I don't know if either of you have seen that. I hate horror movies. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, fair. Um, well, there's a character called Baby. <laughs> um, so I, I drew a little inspiration from her. Um, I drew some inspiration from another TV show that I love called The Vampire Diaries. There's a there's a character named Catherine. She's a very um, interesting character. So I took some some from that. Some movie, the movie The Strangers. I took some from that. But then also, I took a lot, believe it or not, from my own experience in my own life. I kind of took all of that and threw it into. <laughs> into the bunny because I feel like when you're a character you have there has to be some authenticity there like you have there has to be some real life there or it's going to come across as completely fake so I feel like you know you have to draw from your own experiences a little bit even if those are amplified even if those are like over the top to make your character work and so I, I draw a lot from real life into the bunny yeah so you're saying that there's parts of the bunny that are really you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how did I under? How did I, I feel that I knew that? I <laughs> I just knew that. I don't know how I knew that. <laughs> don't say I'm crazy, Shivani. Don't say it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare say that. Uh. I wouldn't. <laughs> We all, we all have to be a little crazy to work in this business, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we Agreed. do. A hundred percent. We're all a little, a little bit. Yeah. There you go. So, so why the choice of a bunny and not like a giraffe or a hippo or something? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, oh my God. So many reasons. So actually, uh, you know, before I was in AEW, I worked alongside uh, Rosemary from Impact Wrestling. Um, and we were in a, I don't want to call it a tag team because we didn't really get to explore that, but we were in a, we developed demon bunny, which is basically me, the bunny, her, the demon, and we had a, we have a friendship. Right. So that's kind of kind of started there, and I, so one of the reasons why I drew on the character of the bunny is bunnies are typically very innocent and sweet, and they like carrots, and I like carrots. <laughs> um, but I thought I, I thought that having a character that is supposed to be innocent and sweet actually be a complete psychopath was kind of like 
a neat dynamic. Yeah. So that's kind of where that, and, and, and it, I just feel like it really works because you don't expect a rabbit or a bunny to be so insanely vicious, you know, mm-hmm. and also we're both vegan. So felt like it fit. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in kind of a weird way, I'm kind of into this bunny thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> I am. I really am. And I, and I think if I am, I think there's a lot of fans out there who are as well. I hope so. I think a lot of fans get it. We're talking with uh, Allie, the bunny, and coming up next, we're going to go back to the beginning of her career and talk about that on AEW Unrestricted. This is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. We're talking to Allie, also known as the bunny from uh, The Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. And you've mentioned a couple times already, Allie, that you were a big wrestling fan. How did you get interested in pro wrestling, and when did that all start for you? Yes, big wrestling fan. I actually started watching wrestling when I was probably around three. I don't really remember. I can't, you know, I don't remember that far back, but my dad was a really, really, really big wrestling fan. So he kind of sat me in front of the TV when I was a toddler and was like... This is wrestling. We're watching and, this. Um, yeah, we're watching this. And so I grew up watching wrestling with him. That was kind of our thing. You know, we'd watch uh, the pay-per-views together. We'd always order them. And so that's kind of how I got started watching wrestling. My dad passed away when I was 12. Actually, the last thing we did together was watch a pay-per-view, wrestling pay-per-view. Wow. Yeah. And so I always had like, I guess like a connection with wrestling, you know, because it made me feel closer to him. So I sort of stopped watching wrestling after that for a few years. Understandable. Yeah. It was just, it was hard, you know, that he was the only person I watched it with. So I was kind of, you know, but when I was about 16 or 17, I was dating somebody at the time and he was a big wrestling fan and he put on wrestling one day. And I just remember being completely glued like it, it was as if I was picking up where I left off. I, I just got sucked in immediately and just became a super fan again. That was when I saw women, I guess, wrestling for the first time. Like I was, I couldn't believe that there were like women actually in the ring because when I was growing up, it was during the nineties. And uh, mostly I had seen women managing valets for the most part. And actually when I was nine, <laughs> I sent a letter to, you know, world wrestling federation at the time asking if I could be the body Donna's manager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At the time, it would seem kind of weird for a nine-year-old to be a manager, but we've now established that that's the norm. So Right, 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 right. <laughs> back, in, back in the 90s, though, maybe questionable, maybe questionable. And also, but I just remember my dad being very supportive. Like, he's like, yeah, write the letter. <laughs> write it on your, you know, whatever. It was just very funny. Anyways, and I did. I mailed it out. I sent it. Never heard back. You know, but... Uh, <laughs> So when I saw like females, like I saw Trish and Lita and Molly Holly and Jazz, like when I saw them wrestling, I remember being like, oh, oh, girls can do this. Oh, like maybe I could do this, you know, like and so that sort of sparked my interest in and my obsession again. And um, a couple of years later, I found a wrestling school. (laughs) So you trained at the Squared Circle Training Center in Toronto. Yes. And your first gimmick was uh, was Cherry Bomb. It was. Yes. So what uh, what inspired the Cherry Bomb character? So, yeah. So I, I signed up to Square Circle Training on the day after my 18th birthday. My mom came with me. 
and never played a sport in my life. It was very hard for me. I was more of a music gal. I played guitar and, you know, I liked punk rock. And anyways, I showed up at the training facility and was like, oh, I actually have to do stuff. Like, I was so scared. I couldn't even run under a leapfrog. Like, I, I was afraid of everything. Like, literally, it took forever for me to get comfortable in the ring. But my trainer named me Cherry Bomb. He just, Rob Fuego, he just said, I think I had pink, pink hair. I had like black and pink hair. And he said, your wrestling name is going to be Cherry Bomb, I think, something like that. And I was like, ew. Like, I didn't like it. I was like, <laughs> what? I remember going like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, what is a cherry bomb? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just not keen on that at all. But obviously, the name cherry bomb holds such a special place in my heart now because I was that character for, oh my gosh, uh, 10, 11 years. And now looking back, obviously, I love, I love her. I love the character of cherry bomb because she's so spicy and she just like does not give a fuck about what anyone thinks or says. And I grew up as her, you know, I grew up my, my entire like young adult was cherry bomb. <laughs> Spicy and not giving a fuck. That sounds exactly <laughs> like you. <so. laughs> yeah. That describes everything. I, uh, in a way, uh, you worked twice in Japan as cherry bomb, right? Three times. I, three, three tours. Yeah. Three tours. Okay. Three tours, Japan. Uh, how long were you there each time? Um, the first time I think I was there for like two and a half weeks. The second time I was there for almost a month. And then the third time I went back, I want to see maybe like two or three weeks, something like that. But I just want to say like when I went to Japan, I had been working for maybe five or six years. Like I feel like I was still pretty green to be going yeah. over there. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever flown like anywhere by myself. And I remember like just being wide eyed and like, like, oh my God, this is, this is actually happening. Um, and it was like a really, really good learning experience for me being over in Japan for sure. And I got to work for a lot of different companies. It was, it was like, yeah, it was a pretty special and actually small story about Japan, me and the blade were both over there at the same time. We had not, we were not dating. We were just friends. And he posted like a status on Facebook and was like something about being in Tokyo. And I remember being like, oh my God, Oh my God, I have a friend here. And I took the train over to see him. <laughs> and we, uh, we went to Sizzler and, and hung out and, uh, yeah. I like that you went to Sizzler in Japan of all the places you could go. Listen, I'm, I was vegetarian at the time. I, there was like, I was afraid to eat cause I don't eat fish. So I was like, I'll just eat at Sizzler. You got any vegetables? Yeah. Right. There's going to be something. <laughs> yeah. So in 2012, Combat Zone Wrestling, we were there with Pepper Parks. Because the blade is Jesse Pepper Parks, Braxton Sutter. Like he's he and you suddenly have like a bunch of names, which now sudden like makes a lot of sense. Yes. Uh, was that the first time that you guys had worked together in wrestling? It wasn't the first time. No, we actually when we got together, we were very like we're not we're not working together. We are not having any kind of wrestling relationship. Like no way, not happening. Both of us felt that way, and then somebody threw us together. Like it was on an indie, a quick indie. It was like, yeah, we want you to, you know, do stuff. And then it was sort of, and then another indie was like, hey, just do like a mixed, a mixed tag. And so we were kind of like slowly starting to do stuff together. But CDW was really where we like got together and, and formed like an actual gimmick together, like as a team. It really changed the game for both of us. Like by that, at that point, we'd both been kind of like floundering a little bit on the indies. Like we weren't really we're really doing a whole heck of a lot. And then it was just like, as soon as we got together, we just became 
so much stronger as workers separately. You know what I mean? Because I think we, we gave each other a lot of confidence and we were able to like build off each other and, and, and it propelled us forward into impact and now into AEW. Like, honestly, I feel like it, I feel like us coming together was the best thing for both of our careers for sure. Uh, 2013 you signed, uh, or you began wrestling for ring of honor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How was that? So, well, that was an awesome opportunity for me. I was so excited because up to that point, I hadn't done any like real TV. I had just done like tryouts and things like that. So Ring of Honor was an opportunity to wrestle on television, which was like a huge deal for me. And again, I was wrestling other people. Like, you know, when you are working at a circuit, like the Ontario indie scene was great when I was coming up and I had a lot, an opportunity to work with a lot of different girls. But when you've been there for a long time, you're working the same people over and over and over again. So going into Ring of Honor, I was able to wrestle different people, which was really cool. And hell, I was on television. Like, I thought that was like, I was like, oh shit, like this is a huge deal for me. So yeah, I was, I was excited and I was grateful that I had the opportunity. 2016, you start with Impact Wrestling and talk about your experiences there. Gosh. So when I first came into Impact, um, actually, Jesse and I signed our contracts on the same day. Oh. Yeah. Which was, again, I, I feel like I said this before, but like, it was really cool for me, obviously, because like it was my first television contract, but I was so happy for him. Like, I was just like, at that point, he'd been working 15 years and this was like his first TV. Like, it was just like, I cried. I cried. I cried for him. Like, I cried for myself, but I cried for him. Like, I was just like, Yes, I was like, yes, show them, show everybody how good you are, you know? So it was really cool. And then when I went in, I got to work alongside Maria Canales. I was like her assistant. I learned so, so much from her. Like she, she was so giving and so helpful and gave me a lot of like encouragement when it came to like talking, because up to that point, like I hadn't really talked a lot, you know, talked a lot. Like I hadn't cut a lot of promos. I hadn't done like anything like pre-tapes or like, you know, anything like the no acting, like none of that stuff. So I was just kind of thrust in this position where I got to learn alongside her. And then, you know, I started talking a lot more and I really like my time in impact, like taught me how to build a character and how to embody a character. Like that was really, I learned a lot while I was there. Um, and to be honest with you, like working on television is very different than working on the indies. It's just a different dynamic. It's, you know, learning how to work the cameras. Like that's a big thing that you don't really learn on the indies very much. Like even if you're doing IP reviews, it's just a whole other ballgame, keeping to your times, understanding like your entrance, when to take a beat, like all of those things that you don't think about when you work the indies, I learned while I was in impact. And that's one of the things that I really like about having you at AEW is your history in TV, how much TV experience you have, and just being able to give that to the other girls that maybe don't have as much of that. And I know personally, I love working your matches, one, because I love you, and two, just because I know that you're going to help elevate the rest of the talent we have, and it's always going to be a high-quality match. So thank you for all you've done and all you give to everyone else. Aww. You're so wonderful. We're giving you blush. <laughs> well, it's also because you bring me coffee every show. So I do. I have to kind of like build you up a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, I, I drink coffee too. Oh, <laughs> Shivani, what, what are you taking your coffee? I like my coffee like I like my women. Black? No, in a paper cup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We got questions for the fans coming up next on Unrestricted. 
This is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Tony here with Allie. Uh, during the break, we were talking about Allie's coffee and her Nespresso and all of the wonderful things that, like, uh, I don't know if you guys understand, like, how much Allie actually loves coffee. Uh, and Oreos, apparently, I've learned very recently. So <laughs> we're here with fan questions who also know that she's into uh, Oreos and coffee. So let's uh, let's kick it right off. DJ Speedy on Twitter is your actual AEW character a fusion of everything you did before? For me, at the moment, I think you have a lot of cherry bomb. Yes and no. Yes and no. There is 100% cherry bomb in this character. 100%. But it, it is, it's some of my old characters, but a lot of it is new. A lot of it is, like I said, drawing on experiences and, and, and different characters and then sort of putting them all together. But, but he's absolutely right. There, there's 100% cherry bomb in the bunny. All right, Dark Order number 69 on Twitter. If Rosemary were to cross the forbidden door, even for a one-time thing, would Demon Bunny reunite or feud? Oh, my God. Okay, this is going to be a two-part answer, okay? Okay. One, it would be a dream come true to work alongside her again. As a partner. Okay. It would also be a dream come true to feud with her again. Because my all-time favorite matches and my all-time favorite feud of my entire career has been Rosemary. She's amazing. And she's one of my best friends. And yeah, selfishly, I would, I would dra- if I could drag her here, I would. And put her right next to me. And then maybe we'd also fight. <laughs> I feel like we just wrote a whole program here. So <laughs> we're going to have to talk to TK. DJ Chaotic on Twitter, if you could have a wrestling dream match with any woman's wrestler, who would you choose? Uh, Trish Stratus, 100%. Oh, good one. Yeah, definitely. She was, I mean, she was the inspiration for me to start wrestling with seeing her. So, and she's a Toronto gal, just like me. So, yeah, I would love it. Yeah. Okay. From uh, Liam Wakeland. That's Liam Wakeland on Twitter. What's one of your favorite, I think you may have touched on this, but you can expand on it. Uh, What was one of your favorite memories from Impact Wrestling? Oh, hands down the wedding. That was one of the coolest experiences of my entire life. Not only being able to stand with, with Jesse, with the blade um, and watch him kick ass, but every single person in that segment knocked it out of the park. And I don't think that, I don't think TV can really translate how loud the impact zone was. Like that's the loudest I had ever heard it. People were losing their shit. It was so cool. And I feel like it's so important for me to say this because I don't feel like she gets the credit she deserves, but Madison rain wrote that segment. She wrote and produced that segment. She trusted all of us to bring her story to life. And honestly, that was one of the coolest, most awesome moments of my entire career for sure. I remember watching a clip of that recently and just like, man, wrestling weddings are the best. The best! Uh, the best. They're so good. It's like, you know, it's never going to go the way you want it to, but it's always going to go a little differently. Always returning, yeah. tuning in. It was hard holding it together during that. I'm going to tell you, I almost pissed myself. I was laughing so hard inside. <laughs> I, I imagine. Huh. Uh, none of your business on Twitter asks, you've been very open about your mental health and struggles, which has inspired me and many others like me to open up more as well. What are some of your rituals to help you with your mental health before shows? Ooh, that's a really good question. First and foremost, I journal every day. Um, I write out what I'm grateful for and I write out affirmations. And actually before every single match, I'm usually pacing like right by the curtain. Oh yeah. But what people don't know (laughs) is I'm actually saying affirmations out loud 
Uh, I'm confident. I'm a good wrestler. I'm good at what I do. I usually say those over and over and over and over again because I have uh, I have a lot of anxiety, which I, I try to be pretty open about that stuff because I feel like the more that we talk about it, the less stigmatized it'll be. The more that we talk about mental health issues, the less like, you know, I feel like people will be afraid to talk about it too. You know, I have anxiety and, and depression and things like that, that I've dealt with pretty much my whole life. But coming into AEW, I went through a period of, and Aubrey, we've talked about this. I went through a real period of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. to the point that I, f- I, I physically couldn't wrestle well. It's like, it's weird to talk about it because I think it's like somewhat embarrassing, but I also feel like it's really important to talk about because it's honest. I was struggling to wrestle. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. And I actually went and found myself a really good therapist. And I, I feel very blessed that I can now afford to go to a therapist because a lot of people can't, and that's a whole other issue. But I feel very grateful that I found a really good therapist who encourages me. And I do positive affirmations before every single match. And I can say like wholeheartedly over the last six months that I've really felt better. Like I feel like I'm I'm not letting the anxiety take control of me anymore. I'm really working on it, but it's, it's a daily thing. Like it's, it's not something where I just woke up one morning and I was like, I feel better. It's every single day I work on myself. And that's, that's typically how it is with mental health issues. You know, it's something you have to live with and you have to work through. And hopefully people that are listening to this, if you're struggling at all, make sure you find someone you can trust that you can talk to and don't suffer alone. Mm-hmm. Definitely find someone you can talk to and, and, and it's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of at all. It's, it's one of those things where I think people see us on TV and we're like, everything's perfect and everything's great. But like, right. I know personally, like I woke up this morning and was super depressed and didn't want to do shit and wanted to go back to bed and just sleep through the whole thing. And I'm like, well, I want to talk to Allie. <laughs> yeah. Finding those little things that are really good. And then finding the things that you need to help you get better. I think just even, even talking about that. And I know you talk about it online more than I do. And anytime I see you talking about it, I'm like, man, I should really talk about it more. So I appreciate you being so open and honest yeah. because it's not only inspiring to people who don't openly talk about it, but it's inspiring to people who are also going through struggles. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that we all need to, we don't all need to be honest about it because I know it's hard, but I think that if you're in a position where you have a platform and you can influence people in a positive way and be, be candid and honest, I think that it'll make it easier or at least make it somewhat easier for other people that are struggling going through the same thing because I do. And, and I'm sorry. I feel like I'm ranting on this, but oh, please, it's important. There's something when it, when it comes to having like a mental health issue, like depression or anxiety or whatever it is, like there's a, there's a part of you or at least a part of me that feels very guilty for feeling the way that I do. So, you know, like you're saying, like people are see, seeing us on television and they're seeing us live out our dreams and it is such a wonderful, amazing thing, but I'm still battling a mental health issue. And sometimes it's really important to acknowledge that just because things in life are going really good, like it's okay to still be struggling with a mental health issue. Like it's, you don't have to feel guilty for being depressed. Like it's something that you can't control. You know, it's, it's literally your brain at war with itself. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's so important to like extend kindness to yourself and be, be as kind to yourself as you can, like give yourself permission to feel what you're feeling. And then doing those small things, you know, even if it's just getting up to take a shower, which can be so hard when you're depressed, like brushing your teeth and like self-care at its 
basic form can be really hard when you're struggling. So if you can find those small little things to help you get through the day and, and just be, just extend patience to yourself and, and be kind to yourself. Very well said. And, and, and I think, uh, Ali, you would agree that this company uh, wants you to take care of yourself mentally. I mean, they're, they're concerned about that. We have a, a very good support system here. They're amazing. Oh my gosh. They're, I mean, I was scared to even say anything. Right. I was like, I just, I just got to keep, keep my head down, keep going. I'll just live in this imposter syndrome and fuck it, you know? And, and I realized, <laughs> I realized like, Hey, you know what? It's not really working. Yeah. It's not really working. Like being quiet is not working. And, and I was able to reach out to somebody within the company and they were able to give me the contacts that I needed to get the help that I needed. And, um, I just feel very, very, very lucky and very blessed to work for this company. I'm just forever grateful. I really am. Okay, we're going to go a completely different direction on this question. This is from Ultimate Funk on Twitter. What wrestler, regardless of company, would you like to do an Oreo taste test with? Oh, man. (gasps) That's such a good question. Oh, I have an answer, though. It would be the one and only, a fellow Oreo connoisseur, Tommy Dreamer. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, he loves Oreos too. He loves Oreos. We both love Oreos. I feel like that would be a bomb ass taste test. Honestly, though, I think we'd, we'd eat the whole box together, though. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love like your method for taste testing Oreos. It's a lot like like wine tasting. Like, let's open it up, let's smell it, mm. let's look at it and feel it. It's like it's more than just like, hey, how does it taste? It's, it's like an experience, Aubrey. It's an experience. Experience. What's what's the mouth feel? What's what's the the aftertaste? What's the experience? It's it's so I've never thought about like eating a cookie in that <laughs> depth before. Serious business, man. It is very, very serious business. So Carl Bramblet on Twitter, besides your love for Oreos, uh, have you ever taste tested hot foods? Hot foods. Is that like spicy or just like foods that are temperature hot? I guess for foods that aren't Oreos, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, would, I would think it's spicy. I'm not much of a spicy kind of gal. I like uh, I like Frank's. That's about the extent of my spiciness. Liking? That wasn't even a sentence. Um, but so I realize I'm going to start running out of Oreos flavors. I'm thinking of trying to get some international Oreos because I think they do different flavors. But I was thinking of expanding into like accidentally vegan food and taste testing those things <laughs> or, or getting people that aren't vegan to try them and see if they like them or not. You know, I thought that might be kind of fun. That would be cool because a lot of people think vegans just like eat broccoli all the time. And it's like, no, we actually have like good things we can eat. Yeah, I eat more than grass. No, I, you know, <laughs> I do. I do like donuts and ice cream and all those things too. pizza. I did get Christian to take a bite out of vegan pizza the other day. Did which you get was, the mellow mushroom? Yes. He was very skeptical. He's like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. And I was like, just look at, I'm just going to cop a little sliver, just a little sliver, take a bite. And they did, finally did. Well, they use the follow your heart pe- cheese and which is like melts really well. I know it's nice and creamy. I know. He said it was okay. He said it was all right. Brian Cage, Brian Cage likes it a little more, but I feel like Brian Cage will eat anything. Pretty much. He has to. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph Acevedo. On Twitter, wants to know, Allie, what TV shows do you enjoy watching during your downtime? Um, okay, well, my favorite shows of all time are Buffy the Vampire Slayer and The Vampire Diaries. I've rewatched both those shows about a thousand times. Those are like my comfort shows that I always fall back on. But I love uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Male Girl. It's one of my favorite shows. It comes on Shutter. It's every Friday night. I want to say at nine o'clock. It's one of my favorites. 
it's usually like uh, old school horror movies or like 80s horror movies or, and they kind of do like little snippets in between and talk about them. So I think those are really fun. Oh, I love Superstore. That's one of my favorite comedies. Uh, they just wrapped it up, sadly, but that was one of my favorites for sure. Didn't you tell me one time you liked Outlander too? Oh, oh yeah. I got really into Outlander the first like season. And then I got Rebel really into Outlander. I like text her and I was like, you got to watch this show. But then I fell off of it. I got through like a season and a half. And that's usually what happens. Yeah. I usually fall off. I get into something really, really obsessively. And then I'm like, never mind. There's so much out there. It just gets your attention from one to the other, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there really is. Yeah. yeah. All right, Allie, want to thank you for being here today. This was wonderful, just like yourself. I'm so happy that we finally got to do this. I think we've been like, wait, why have we not had Allie on here? Like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> I'm so happy you guys asked me when I got the email. I was like, yay. I was like, of course I do. You guys are the best, though. Thank you so much for having me. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Allie Wrestling. That's A-L-L-I-E Wrestling. That's where you can follow her. And don't forget, you can get us unrestricted for free, right, Aubrey? Yes, wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating and review while you're there. We love hearing what you guys think. You can also check out these podcasts on YouTube. They come out Monday after the audio version. Search AEW Unrestricted and you can find us and talk to us and see us and see all of our very tired faces. <laughs> yes, and don't forget, check out the AEW YouTube channel for Elevation on Monday nights, Dark on Tuesday nights, and then Wednesdays, well, normally. Well, normally. Right now, it's a little weird. Sometimes on Fridays, because of the NBA, you can check out AEW Dynamite each and every week on TNT. And we're going to start touring soon, too, so you can actually see us live on Wednesdays. Hooray! Yeah, so I'm Tony Schiavone. I'm Aubrey Edwards. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks, Allie. Thanks. Thanks.